0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back here once again. I don't know how it happens, I really have no idea. But somehow, somewhere, uh, we must have some kind of hold on uh, the good people at AMI because they keep letting us come back. Um, There's certainly no um, obvious reason for that, but it seems to be the case every week anyway. So lovely to have you here. Uh, It is really lovely for us to be here. Uh, Sean Priest is back. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. I am that obvious reason. Yeah. And uh, also I have to say after that comment I'm so pleased to say Tim Schwartz is back with us.
2: Hi Tim. Hello Stephen. Hi Sean, I think. Um <laughs> no I always thought that we we got to come back every week cuz you had some sort of blackmail over the people that handle putting up the radio shows. Not that I'm aware of. I mean this is like a really
1: bad <laughs> sure. blackmail system going on here where I really have got no idea I was going on. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Um so, yeah, here we are again. We've got lots to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of our uh, favourite technology that's sitting in our drawers uh, at home and cupboards as well at home. Um, it's a feature we like to call What's in Your Drawers. Um, no. No. What? We don't like to call it that. You do. Yeah, I said I don't think that that's quite how
3: we've put it, but well, yes. Well,
1: it's, it's how we agreed we'd put it. I think I remember you guys saying it was okay <laughs> at the time. I'm just, you know, just saying. That's no, a um, total
3: lie. We just agree with you to shut you up
1: yeah we don't want to be blackmailed
2: (laughs) yeah because god knows any of the three of us could blackmail the other one i'm just saying that's
1: (laughs) very true um yeah so let's just keep it going uh so we're going to talk about uh, that but we're also going to talk about sleep tracking apps tim's been trying one out Uh, how have you been sleeping tim soundly in your bed
2: Oh, I always sleep sleep soundly in my bed. But, uh, yeah, this, this new app that I've been playing with works works kind of nicely. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that here in a little bit.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to mention as well an app that I've been mucking around with later, uh, which is the Apple TV app. That may not surprise anybody, uh, but it's where I've been mucking around with it. I've been cheating on my Apple TV. It's shocking. <gasps> I know. So we'll get to that. And uh, also... A lot of you are wondering, of course, about Windows 7 and the upgrade process to Windows 10. Sean, this week, you've decided to delve a bit more into this and uh, give people reasons to make the switch.
2: He decided. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was yeah. my decision.
1: <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah.
3: Yes, well, not so much the reasons, because we did talk about that last week, about you know Windows 7 finishing. and Windows 10 is just great. It's the latest Windows operating system, and it works really well. So I'll be going through the first stage. There is multiple parts to this one, Stephen. You're going to love it. <laughs> The Ooh. first stage in how to get Windows 10 and create
1: installation media. It's going to be exciting, maybe. Now, you see multiple parts to this. Is that because you originally put it together and it was like three hours long?
3: <laughs> well, you see,
1: <laughs> you want it
3: all packaged all <laughs> nicely and sexy, but it's installing Windows. It, it takes time. you got to go through
1: each stage. You can't rush this. You do know that you can cut the bits out where she says, like, 2%, 3%, 4%. We don't have to listen to no, that. Never. I'm a purist. It all stays in. Okay. But you
2: cut out the parts where you had to order lamb chops and uh, eat and wait, and half an hour later, yeah, going.
1: And then it all crashes, and you got to do it all again.
2: Okay. Yes. Don't put people off. Stay tuned. It's it's an exciting listen. Well,
1: we're going to get to the emails as well. I've been getting your emails in, and some interesting comments uh, to come from our listeners. Uh, that on the way. If you want to email us, you can. Feedback at ami ca. Uh, we'll also give you the phone number a bit later as well. If you want to drop us a voice message, you can do that. And uh, don't forget our website as well, doubletap.online, a great resource to keep up to date with all of our nonsense and some serious stuff as well. I mean, for example, if you missed our chat last week on FlickType uh, when Mark was here, then you can check that out on the website right now. Go and listen to the whole conversation. And, of course, check all our previous podcasts as well. Uh, so I, I want to start off by saying that um, I, I was... Coming to the show this week with some really bad news. I, I thought, honestly, this is tragedy, and it's got me down all week. Ooh, okay. I, uh, That's cheered me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, I was starting to high. Um, I lost my Bose frames this week. I lost them. Oh,
3: I, And the first thing when you told me that is, do you care? Did you even notice?
1: Ah, because, well, you yes. know, Bose frames, <laughs> do you care if you lose them? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm so wildly rich that I, of course, I don't care. I just buy another pair. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but no, I just, I, I was genuinely upset about it because I had really been liking using these. Um, the, the thing about it for me is I've kind of paired them with, obviously, the iPhone, but also my uh, Focus 14 Braille display. What a combination. Um, And especially when you work in an environment, as I do, where you often have to wear headphones on top of headphones. Uh, (laughs) I think we all have this through our lives, where you've got an earpiece in one and an earpiece in for the other and the headphones on top of that. And it's just ridiculous. Um, But having those just really helped, because I could have one ear off with headphones on that was comfortable to sit with all day. But then on top of that, I was able to hear what my phone was doing. And I could check my Braille display, use it to type my messages. Oh, I I I was having a love fest with all this stuff. Um, and then I lost them, and uh, I, I'd said to both of you, I thought I was losing my mind because I was starting to find things that I owned in places they should never have been, and I was starting to think, right, hang on, I've lost it here. But actually, uh, today, thankfully, just before we started recording, I found them, and they were quite literally down the back of the couch. Uh, so yeah, that's where they were. As, as I, I don't think that's where,
2: where, where you're supposed to wear them, Stephen. I think they're supposed to go on your face, not on your your backside
1: these are learning uh, <laughs> situations yes these these this is learning uh you were sitting
2: on them that that's not quite how they're supposed to be used i don't think
1: but i will tell you i will tell you so here's the funny thing right i got these um tile stickers i don't know if you've seen these but what oh, they yeah. are very small almost like um like a big button and um you can you've got an adhesive panel at the pack you can stick them anywhere you want right no suggestions please um but you can <laughs> stick them where you like and uh i actually stuck one on the inside of the bose frames case <gasps> so i'd never oh. lose my glasses um then of course didn't put them in the frame uh i didn't put them back in the case and lost the glasses okay <laughs> i can't <kept> find <sighs> the case
2: oh <sighs> it's terrible Jeez. terrible I think you
1: are losing it i think
3: I
2: feel yeah, like you I are am. losing it Yep.
3: not enough sleep that's for sure so my point so was being serious for a minute, you oh, know, okay. because I have been... <laughs> well, I've got to start uh... sometime, I suppose. <laughs> Being, yeah. I've been less Sheesh. than kind about the uh, Bose frames, I'll admit it. You haven't even uh, tried them. I haven't tried them, I just, yeah, I just think they're a bit of a Gen 1 product, but you two seem to really like them. So I was genuinely interested when you said you lost them, as if you, you know, did you really miss them? I know the money things <laughs> definitely made you cry,
1: but... <laughs> Did you miss the using them, and you seem to? Well, like I say, you know, having them with paired up with the phone, uh, I love having them on the move. I will be honest; I find I don't know how you find them, Tim, but with the the volume level at its max, I feel that people beside me can hear more than I can hear, uh, especially on trains, especially in busy places. In the house or at work, I think they're brilliant. the The volume level is just fine. I don't know how you're
2: finding them. I can't disagree with that at all the the design of them is so that you are supposed to hear A majority of that sound, and that people around you shouldn't hear any kind of leaked sound. And so, I I understand that's why they haven't made the volume louder because people around you would start to hear even more than they already do. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, in certain situations, I do want it to be louder. So, uh, I'm hoping if they ever do another version, maybe there'll be an outdoor mode versus you know an indoor mode or something where you can allow it to go you know even louder and and not care whether people can hear it or not. That's if I had one complaint at all. It's that I wanted to be a little bit louder. Other than that, though, I do love them. I, I use them quite often. I love the AR capability, uh, uh, you know, of them and, and what that promise could be, you know, going into the future. So yeah, I, I really, really like it. And I, I had lost the charging cable for a couple of weeks last summer, and <laughs> oh that. My God. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I had the frames, but I couldn't find that dang little dongle to plug them in. I finally found it, and I'm like, oh, thank you, my precious. What the, What happened to you? What hang you on, being? hang on,
3: hang on. Is the charging cable proprietary?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, a specific type oh,
2: of. Oh, terrible. Boo. But It's, it's magnetized. No, I'm back on hating them. And it Boo. attaches to the frames as like a magnet. And, and, terrible. Uh, that is good. It plugs into though. USB. I do like no, it. No, it's not. That's
1: yeah. terrible. No, I love the, I love the magnetic part, but yeah, it isn't a standard charger, so you. You know, I definitely will be on Amazon buying a couple more of those because they will get lost for sure. I got my wife a pair as well. She's loving them. And what she's done is she's paired them up with her computer at work. She's using them with Jaws. Uh, And she finds that brilliant because she doesn't like wearing headphones all the time in the office. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's brilliant. What are you laughing at? What is so funny? You two,
3: I just got a vision of you two sat in the house, both with your, your sunglasses on, like the Blues Brothers.
1: <laughs> I, I I wish Pretty I much. could deny that, but that's exactly the truth. Uh-huh. Um, but listen, uh, you know I am loving them, and I would highly recommend them. I but I think that's the key point at the moment, and I do fear that I've bought them at a point where a Gen Two will appear. Uh, although I'm kind of hoping there may be updates, software updates for them that might um, maybe boost the sound in some way. But of course, you know, the speaker, if you actually think about it, if you feel the speaker, it's quite far from the ear. So, you know, and also if you turn it up too loud, you get a lot of vibration uh, from the the, the glass, uh, from the uh, arms of the the glasses. So that's not ideal either. Uh, So if you turned it up even louder, that would probably be quite irritating. But at the same time, I do love them. Uh, I I do love using them. Soundscape, Microsoft Soundscape with them, is brilliant. Um, Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I haven't really delved into a lot of the other AR capabilities yet. I do want to do that. That's one thing I I want to do. Maybe at some point I'm going to revisit your review, Tim. When you got yours, you uh, tried the beach scene. I want to try that out.
2: Yeah, they've added a whole bunch to that. There's some music scenes, so like you're sitting in a in a club or, or at a musical performance. The beat scene. They've actually got scenes from movies now. They they partnered, I guess, with Disney to to add scenes from The Lion King and Star Wars, so you can actually feel like you're in the scene. And as you turn your head and walk around, you can you can hear you know as if you're in the scene. So yeah, they've added a lot of that stuff. But then other uh, apps that they've partnered with for games and museums and you know travel and navigation. There's there's a lot of different apps that are utilizing it.
1: They are great. I do love them. Um, so yeah, we're going we're to, and actually, if you want to visit that uh, article, you can get it on our online web- website. You can check it out there and uh, listen to Tim's review of the Bose airframes Well worth a listen. Now, I've got to say, uh, coming soon, coming soon, we'll have our review of the Echo Buds. Got a pair of these uh, <gasps> recently. How many ears have you got? I mean, you've got every set of headphones. I know, pretty much. Well, I got these, actually, on the way back from Las Vegas. Uh, This was actually the only thing I bought myself on the way back. Um, And it was at the airport. (laughs) I was at CES, uh, the biggest technology show on Earth. And I didn't buy anything, uh, because you can't really buy anything there. But uh, I did get these on the way back. And they're actually, um, they are terrible. I'll be honest, the first experience was, they are terrible. (gasps) Wrong. Wrong. Well, wrong. I think I am wrong in this one because the the oh, are. I think that was they, easy. Yeah, that's solved that easily. Um, I think it's that you've got to get the the fitments right on them, the the ear tips, and the there are also little bands that go round the the ear pod, if you like, as well. So you've got to get all that right. So I've I've got some time. Uh, I'm going to spend some time at the weekend figuring that out because I've got to say the one thing that was brilliant about them, the sound quality wasn't great, but of course you had to get them into the ear properly. If you sort of pushed them into your ear, it sounded great. So I just want to sort that out. But Lady A on them, incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, so well, I hope responsive. So. <laughs> but even more responsive than my one at home, my oh, wow. my echoes at home. So yeah, I really really like those. Uh, You're yeah, right. I mean, it should be like that, right? But yeah, it's it's unusual when it actually works. So I will uh, be demoing them at some point soon and telling you more about them. But for now, I want to bring back something we talked about. I can't remember how far back on the show, but I can barely remember what I had for dinner last night. Uh, but, you know, we did talk about this in the show before, and it was the technology that is accruing in our homes. This kind of sparked into my mind my mind because of a an article that I read out of the UK this week. Um, it was a study that was done which says that uh, Brits are hoarding around $500 worth of kit in their home in drawers and in cupboards, just stuff lying around that's not being used anymore. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to bring back that wonderful segment that we call, What's in Your Drawers? Uh, An opportunity (sighs) to take a look inside those drawers and find all that stuff that's in there that we don't use anymore and to talk about it. Okay. Don't I'm, make it I'm, dirty.
3: Don't send do, your emails to feedback.
2: At, um, yeah. I'm just so
1: glad you haven't done a jingle for this yet.
2: Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Don't I'm, give me I'm ideas. I'm fearful. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just be glad I didn't have time this week. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, who wants to go first in this one? Because I mean, I could, I could probably write a list, but um... Tim. Okay, Tim, go.
2: Me. Okay. I will go first. What is, oh, I'm not, I can't say it. What, what is, uh, stored away that I am no longer currently using? I I will say what
1: what you meant to say there was what's in your drawers. Uh, so Tim, (laughs) what's in your drawers?
2: Uh, you want to know. So um, anyway, something actually that we have talked about a bit, uh, it's been a couple of years now, and uh, it's actually something that you had recommended to me, Stephen. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece of technology. I love it. It's a great tool. It's very inventive. And I probably haven't used it in like a year, and that is the SanDisk Connect. Now, if people... Oh, yeah. Ma- so people may not remember, you know, a long time ago, we talked about this. You had one, I think that your wife bought for you or you bought it for her and then you ended up using it or something. And, I got uh, it for
1: her to go on holiday with.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I thought this was just such a great idea and, and was be really useful because basically it's, it's almost like a USB thumb drive in a way that you can plug into your computer and put, you put photos, you can put videos, uh, you know, any kind of audio, really any kind of file format but then you can stream it to your smartphone and actually play it from it. So it's almost like an extension of your phone's hard drive. So in a case where maybe you filled up your phone's hard drive, and you want to download more music or videos or or, or whatever it might be. And you want to have an external hard drive in a way, you know, kind of in quotes, this is a perfect device for that thing with me is that I have a 64 gig iPhone seven. I probably have about 45 gigs, 50 gigs filled, and I still have plenty of space for anything else that I need to download. And so I just haven't found myself needing to use it. Now, if I had a 32 gig or I was filling my 64 I I might use it more often because I could put a lot of stuff on there. And and to be very honest, as I'm saying this, we have trouble with my daughter's Kindle because she's constantly filling it with games and apps and, and uh, movies and things. So maybe I could use it with that in a way, but uh, and help her out as I, as I'm saying this out loud, but uh, and thinking about it. But for me, I I just, I haven't thought about using it. I haven't really needed to use it because my phone is fine. But again, Mm -hmm. it is a really, really neat, piece of technology
1: yeah it is it's a brilliant piece of technology which neither of you ever use which we never
2: use but it's a Um, situational thing i think that there are people out there that this would be extraordinarily useful for especially if you don't have as big of a hard drive on your phone maybe you couldn't afford to get you know a bigger hard drive and you're using up a lot of space with photos or downloads or whatever so this is a a, you know a, a great Thing that you can use in that kind of situation, you know, it's kind of like I mentioned this the last time we brought this up. But my Victor Reader Stream, the original version I had, you know, what ten years ago, it's been in a drawer for probably seven years. You know, it's I just don't use it, and it's the same kind of thing. I do it all on my iPhone, so you know. But, but I think for the use case of some people, it could be very well worth it to use.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally loved the Sandus Connect idea. I got it. Primarily because my wife was going on a holiday with her mum and she wanted to take some movies with her and audio books and all that kind of thing. And I thought, well, the best thing to do is just load it all onto this nice and easy. Uh, you know, it's it's got to be simple to use. And, you know, she, she didn't have a lot of space on her phone. So it was ideal for that. Uh, for me, I mean, yeah, I've got a 512 gig you know, iPhone 11. You know, what the heck am I going to do with another, you know, 256 gig? I don't need it. I'm carrying right. around a laptop in my pocket. So, you know, it, it, it's no, no, not needed for me, but it is a good, it's a great piece of kit and it's well worth recommending actually to other people. In fact, we should just send ours to other people, really, Tim. Or you should, should just give yours to your should, daughter, to, really. To,
2: yeah, I think I'm <laughs> going to see if it'll work with the Kindle and see how that goes. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, That's uh, otherwise, we'll raffle it off.
1: That's a really good one. Right, Sean, what about you? What's in your drawers? I need to stop saying it like that. Yes, please do. Yes, pl- <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about this one, and
3: I was going to say, I was going to look at this slightly differently, as I always do, just because I misunderstood what you were talking about. But mm, I've got because a cu- a couple of laptops in my cupboard here. The battery is old and won't hold a charge anymore so they need constantly plugging in to turn on and one of them a couple of the keys don't work but other than that they're absolutely fine but i mean they're what five years old they've both got windows 10 on them you know they work yet i've tried to give them away and the, the the charity shops or whoever organizations don't want them because they need work doing to them. They say they're not in working order, and they're,
2: which is true, I suppose. Yeah, for what it would um, cost to fix them, probably just be better to buy a new one. Exactly.
3: <laughs> um, but then, you know, you, you can't really sell them. I could eBay them for parts, I suppose, but who wants to go through all that hassle? But yeah, exactly. it, it, it's tricky, but that's where I totally understand why people have – tucked away in wardrobes and drawers and cupboards, all this electronics, which is just going to waste. This is perfectly usable, a bit of love and, you know, a, a, the price of a replacement battery, and this would be fine for someone. I think we get a little bit spoilt with the stuff that we've got and look back on something that's, you know, four years old, five years old, and say, oh, well, that's terrible. It's, it's you know, rubbish. Um, so, yeah, there's that aspect of it. But I do want to say, because I've just thought about this now, the thing that I keep putting away in the drawer, I keep looking at and thinking, oh, that, this is so good, but never using, are two foldable Bluetooth keyboards, which I bought for using with my iPhone, or any smartphone, actually. I've got a Microsoft one, and I've got a generic no-brand uh, you know, one, a cheaper one. And I thought, these are going to be great. You fold them in half, they're tiny, you can fit them in your inside pocket, you, know, you just pull them out when you want to type a longer email on your iPhone. These are going to be great. And I never, ever use them, because the whole typing experience on those foldable keyboards I've found isn't great. And it, 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 it's okay, it's better than the on-screen keyboard, but still, for typing longer emails, it's still annoying. And in the cheaper one, you try and put it on your lap, and it just folds in half again, and it's 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 terrible. But the actual concept of it, a foldable keyboard that you can just carry around with you, sounds amazing in actual use i think you've got the microsoft one stephen uh, i think yeah. you bought that one in as well i just never use it um and maybe that's down you know flick type has, has a lot of press recently and that is really good and i'm, I'm using that a lot so maybe oh, yeah. that's part of the reason as well but um yeah bluetooth keyboards the foldable bluetooth keyboards i just don't use them i am a bit of a hoarder of
1: keyboard i don't know what it is and everything else yeah but i'm sure we can fill the
2: rest of the show with stuff that you're not using anymore
1: i have a cupboard over there full of stuff and it is just ridiculous i know but i mean it is it is keyboards for me i don't know i have an obsession with finding the perfect keyboard yes i've almost found it and if i say this i'm going to say this out loud and then probably get it wrong but i think it's the (laughs) dell km 376 i think that's what it is um, and that's the wireless keyboard and mouse set. It is probably the best keyboard ever made. Uh, I love it. Ooh, that's big words, sir. Yeah, really. But it, it, but it's kind of like a standard Dell computer keyboard, right? It's not, you know, can can carry this around with you, unless you you had a really big bag. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a full size keyboard. It's got a wireless mouse. Obviously, the mouse, the mouse gets chucked in the the drawer for the sighted people to use whenever the computer goes wrong. Yeah. Um But it's. You know, it, it it's just a keyboard and it, it is a wonderful keyboard. But you're right. I mean and the foldable keyboards are good, but actually the problem with a lot of them is that the join isn't perfect in a lot of them. And actually the no. Microsoft one, it makes such a gap between the letters. It's like one of those extended keyboards, you know those kinds you get, the ergonomic extended keyboards. That's keyboard? right, yes. Which I You've just never... cannot admire no, stand those. Um so I I yeah, I, I do hoard a lot of those <laughs> kind of keyboards, <laughs> um but I, I i've think, got
3: to uh, say I, I just talking about the perfect keyboard i recently upgraded i thought you know what i'm going to splash out and treat myself to a half decent keyboard and i went for the logitech uh k780 which is uh depending on the price around you know 70 or whatever whatever price you can get it at and it's nice it is a nice keyboard is that full That's, size uh no well it does it does have a uh, a separate numpad so yes but oh,
1: but it doesn't have the the row of 6 or the the clump of no, 6 no that's in the right middle. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right
3: yeah so i mean it is nice but i'm still not happy with it it's so strange trying to get that perfect keyboard i still think for me the best one i've ever used is the k760 the logitech one which is the solar powered one that thing was just so good it was small it's a laptop sized keyboard so you don't have the separate numpad but it was great i love that thing um i'm slightly regretting upgrading to be honest i want to go back again
1: he, he went from solar to nuclear um, exactly That's yeah. <laughs> that was just his mood um, <laughs> the one the one i actually really like the sound of i haven't tried it yet but uh, i've seen a few tweets about it from some blind friends uh, it's called the quirky writer have you heard of this um this yep. is a, a keyboard which is it's made in the style of an old manual typewriter.
3: Oh, yes, yes, oh. yes, yes.
1: So you, And you can use it with your iPhone. And it apparently is very voiceover friendly, although most keyboards are, in fairness. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, holding down my... Uh, modifier keys on a a manual typewriter Uh, (laughs) but it sounds quite interesting Uh, i know i hated that when i was learning touch
3: typing way back when it was on manual yeah uh, electric typewriters and the 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 memories of getting my fingers stuck in between keys yep no not going back sir
1: well listen i'll (laughs) tell you briefly mine uh because mine isn't massively exciting i mean there is a lot of stuff in the drawer but then you know i tend to kind of I mean, there's about a hundred Android phones. Uh, it's like a graveyard for Android. Um, that's no great shock, but you know, actually, tech I don't use. Tech I've got that I think I should use that I don't. Probably my Prodigy, my Humanware Prodigy uh, Connect. Um, it's Connect Twenty, I think it's called. The no, it's not. I beg your pardon. It's not called that. It's the Humanware Prodigy Twenty, uh, CCTV. Uh, which is my magnification screen. And um, it is a wonderful device, brilliant screen, brilliant capability, even reads text back aloud. I just don't use it because it's so big. It's so bulky. I can't have it out on the desk all the time because of other things I want on the desk. Yeah, uh, And it's just, it's just too big and bulky. And I, I kind of think this type of text, especially these days with Seeing AI and, you know, um, what was that other one? We did Voice Stream Scanner. We mentioned that a while back. Um, these are amazing apps. You don't, you don't need these things anymore. <laughs> Do you know what we keep coming back to is that I just
3: use my smartphone for yeah, it this we, now, and that, that's—I mean, that's that's across so many sectors of technology now. I think, uh, yeah, the iPhone's killed well, it, all. yeah. An well, that's yeah. the
2: thing. When I had some vision, I mean, I had a big, huge, clunky CCTV on my desk, and then I had a handheld, you know, one of those video CCTVs, you can oh, yeah, do handheld yeah. ones. And now, especially with, uh, I forget, was it was it iOS 12 that they added that, where where you can use your iPhone camera with the screen as mm-hmm. basically a CCTV and, and, and have that larger size that's built into the accessibility. If I still had some vision, I probably would get like a pro size phone to get the larger screen. And there you go. There's your handheld CCTV. Uh, and then with all the other apps with seeing AI and and vision and, you know, voice stream scanner and all these different apps that can do these things uh, to scan documents and pictures and get text and, you know, all that. It, it really does come back to that, Sean. You're right. It, it, we're at a point where our smartphone, whether it's iPhone or Android, it, it really can do a lot of these things and do them really well.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a great thing.
2: No, exactly.
1: Well, it's clear that our drawers have a lot in them. Let's just leave it there, oh, uh, please. That's <laughs> it for uh, that part of the show. You'll be pleased to hear. Uh, but if you, if you, you know, tell us what's in your cupboards. Tell us what you've got at home. Oh, that's fair. Don't put your don't put your address on there. Obviously, you uh, don't want you getting uninvited <laughs> guests around your house. But you know, do let us know what kind of tech you are rocking uh, around the house that you're not using. Uh, that would be interesting to hear what you think. Uh, feedback at ami.ca. Tim, you are the man with the phone number uh, because you remember it better than all of us. What's the phone number?
2: Yeah, apparently when it comes to things like that, my, my memory is the best of the three of us, which doesn't say much, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, so please call us at one eight six six five zero nine four five four five.
1: Leave a message. Uh, that's how you do that. You leave a message with us and let us know but it's okay to use your message on here. Uh, Stick around. We're going to be talking about sleep apps, uh, new sleep tracking apps that you can use on your watch. And we'll be finding out about how to download and get used to Windows 10.
0: And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada.
1: Don't forget our website as well, doubletap.online, for lots more, including our TV show as well, Double Tap TV, with myself and Mark Aflalo. Uh You can tune into that Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. We had the uh, one and only Dave Brown on last week's show, talking about some of his favorite apps. And uh, it was great to see him on. And also, big uh, congratulations to him and all the best for your new show, Dave. Uh, now with Dave Brown, starting uh, on February third, on AMI Audio. So, a uh, round of applause for Dave, guys! Congratulations, on, Dave. Dave! Well done. Woo-hoo. Uh, friend of the show, and of course, it's great to have him on the uh, the station full time. Um, so, I'm thinking if I get him with the breakfast guy, then that's good. That means we can stay longer. You see, that's my thought. That's the whole point of this. Uh, right, let's talk about getting to sleep. Uh, Dave wakes you up. We put you to sleep. That seems to be how it goes. Um, so, we, <laughs> stay tuned for Windows 10. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, a whole feature on Windows 10. I have to say, Tim, you got a fantastic sleep during that. I oh, your sleep tracking app was... I, I was, got a... Oh, <laughs> what a segue. That I was got beautiful. several minutes of sleep, yes. So tell us about this. You've got NapBot. What is that?
2: Yeah, NapBot is...
1: A disease, by the sound
2: <laughs> It's Yeah, it sounds like a disease, <laughs> and it sounds kind of... Uh, uh, no, Icky. Like disease, yes, yeah. no. If, if people have ever heard of like Sleep Plus Plus from the people that brought us Pedometer Plus Plus, Sean, to mention you, um, you mentioned that uh, Sleep Plus Plus app to me. You know, we were talking about this off the air a little bit. I had yep. used that a while back. And it was okay. There might be some updates since that have made it better. I don't know, because honestly, I I used it for maybe a month or so, probably a year ago. And I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was giving me the information that I really wanted. I don't know really how accurate it was. And I was reading an article in just general, you know, prepping, reading, you know, trying to find technology news for us to talk about. And I came across an article that reviewed NapBot. And I thought, you know what? It's free. It does have some in-app purchases. Uh, it's like ninety nine cents a month. It goes back to that kind of thing, you know, subscription model. Oh no, oh, no, this but, but it's yeah, I only know. for like advanced kind of you know graphical you know feedback and things. I don't think it's really anything oh, that it's terrible. nothing that you really have to <laughs> to have. But ninety nine cents a month, eh, you know, it's not not a lot. But either way, what I have found is the free version of that bot is just fine because it tracks when you go to sleep and uh, gives you information about if you were lightly sleeping or in a deeper sleep. If you were awake, it tracks your heart rate, of course, because this all does work with your Apple Watch. So you can download it on your phone, but it actually can work independently. You don't have to have it on your phone. It can be on your watch only uh, by itself. And, and so, like I said, tracks the, the your awake or asleep you know, levels while you're sleeping, your heart rate now with uh, the newest watch OS uh, watch OS 6 they've got that decibel tracking so it can can find out within the watch how loud you know the ambient noise is around you well Snoring. that bot has actually <laughs> done that because <laughs> uh, apparently yeah. there are certain decibels that can hurt your sleep. So if there's sounds, if you have the TV on or there's noise outside or, or whatever, <sighs> that can actually cause problems while you're sleeping and, and disrupt you. So it tracks all that. And when you wake up, it gives you all that information. And it's a very nice list. It's accessible with voiceover on both the Apple Watch and the phone. And the few nice. nights that I've used it so far, I- I've been happy with it. It's tracked pretty well within a few minutes of when I actually did fall asleep and within a few minutes of when I woke up. And yeah, it, I, I've been impressed with it so far.
1: Uh-huh. I like the sound of this and I will download and try it. Are you thinking, or are you suggesting that the the Watch app is actually more accessible than the, the phone app or are they on a par? I
2: think that they're on par as far as accessibility, but in order to use it, you're obviously going to need to use it on the Apple Watch because it needs to be on your person, tracking your heart rate, tracking your movements, things like that. So you can use the iPhone app if you're just wanting to review your information. Say you just want to go in there and look Mm. at your sleep from last night or the previous night or whatever and and track it going forward. Uh, You know, things like that. You can use it to just read what your, your information is, your data is. But it's not necessary to have it on the phone in order to do the tracking. It's all Done on the Apple watch, tracking all your movements and heart rate and sound and all that kind of thing, so yeah, and for me, because I have sleep problems, I have sleep apnea, I actually have to use a CPAP machine that I got tested for last year, and so with that you know sleep apnea and those sleep problems, tracking my sleep has become much more important to me over the last year or so, and and something like this I, I I'm really happy that there are apps like this. I wish Apple would do it just built in. The battery of the Apple Watch is getting to a point where I think it can handle this. I just take it off maybe for 15-20 minutes, put it back on the charger, you know, when I'm doing things, you know, around the house or whatever, you know, getting dressed, whatever, just put it on the charger again when I wake up. It gets it enough battery to get me through the rest of the day, sleep with it, put it back on the next morning and rinse, repeat. Yep. And I don't have it die. And I use it all day for all kinds of things. And it's not died on me yet. So I think we're at a good point where Apple, hopefully, maybe the next uh, you know Apple Watch version, maybe they'll just incorporate this you know themselves. But for right now, you do have third-party options.
3: See, I don't understand that. I, I really don't, because there there was rumors a while back, before I think the Series Five release, that they were going to add a native sleep tracking app, and it's strange that they never did that. Yeah, it was expected um, but-
2: this last fall. Everybody thought that there was going to be some sort of sleep tracking, uh, even to just watch OS six, just up the you know updating the OS. The people thought that it was going to be there.
3: But there is something strange, though, because I have tried that Sleep Plus Plus, and uh, it wasn't that long ago. But a really, really simple app, very accessible. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand how it works because I installed it, and before I even went to sleep that night, it had pulled up two days' worth of sleep. That was over Christmas. Now, so is that data pre-stored on my Apple Watch anyway? and they can access it. I really don't understand how that works. And maybe that's just a glitch, or maybe I am uh, i was too drunk over Christmas and can't remember downloading it, or whatever. But I thought that was really odd.
1: Drunk on lamb
2: chops? Yeah. Hey,
3: hey yes.
2: They're strong. Um, yeah. Well, my but question would be, all- those nights that it said that it tracked and had that information going back, had you slept with your watch on those nights?
3: Yes. Yes. Well, then,
2: yes, it probably did get that information from your health app, because anything that your Apple Watch is tracking that it shares with the health app, it's your movement, it's your heart rate, it's you know all those kind of things that the the sensors in the Apple Watch track. So I, I'm obviously you – know, I don't you know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet that, yes, it probably went back and looked at your information in your health app and determined it based on its own algorithm – Hey, you wore your watch these nights. This looks like you were sleeping, and here's what we think you you know you did that night. So yeah, I, yeah the, the I, I
1: data the data's gathered, but the health app would not know what to do with it, whereas that app would. Right, so. exactly. Scary, though isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the app That's is scary. taking a look yeah. at your health yeah. data and
2: saying, "Oh, it, according to our algorithm, you must have been sleeping. Here's what we think happened that night," and it is using the data from the health app, which again tells you Apple's gathering enough information to get you this kind of data. <laughs>
3: conspiracy theory oh they're gonna kill us all no, that's, but
2: i mean but the hell, i'm just saying that the the watch can do it is what i'm getting at is the watch can i just has, say that,
3: that, the, that apple aren't trying to kill all of us correct yes, yes they are. they're trying to save
2: reasons. us they're trying to help us and live a better life yes that's what it is
3: well i gotta say tim you've ruined um, this segment for me because i was all ready to say what a load of hippie old nonsense you know does this stuff really help you? Who cares how long you slept for and how much time you were restless? Who cares? But in your case and other people's case who are uh, using something like a CPAP machine, then, yeah, actually, I can see where this does make sense. So thanks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: Well, look, I'm really keen to hear more about your experience of that. I'm going to try that one out as well. I'm going to download that and get it on the watch. That sounds like a good one. I just want to mention as well briefly about the uh, other app that I've been mucking around with. Uh, actually cheating on my Apple TV, guys. I know. Oh,
4: horrible.
1: Um, I know, it is. But I've been using the Apple TV app on a Fire TV stick.
2: And I've got to say,
1: it's not horrible. Works beautifully with Voice View.
2: <laughs> not horrible. The best recommendation in the world. Not it's great, not but not horrible. horrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it is good. I mean, it is good. And I would say, I mean, the thing with the Fire stick is it's always just that little bit slower, I find, with the with the Apple T V, it's just a much smoother experience generally using it. Um I'd say it's a bit more bitty on the the Fire T V stick, but at the same token, you know, it is what it is and the price is what, a $100, 150 dollars difference. So, you know, let's yes, be fair. Exactly. But I think what it says is that if you're if you're looking for something, if you're wanting Apple TV and you want an accessible way to enjoy it with voice view, uh, and obviously you get Netflix, you get Amazon on there as well, Amazon Prime Um, local channels or you know local networks might not work so well their apps might be more awkward to use but you know you'll get the majority of the major platforms i guess disney plus would be included in that as well so you know all of those would be accessible that's good news Uh, and for the price point that is that is pretty impressive but yeah i really really like it so if you haven't downloaded it i i thought it wasn't coming because i couldn't find it in the store and then all of a sudden it just appeared in the uk so it's uh, it's brilliant. And uh, now I can get Apple TV on my Fire TV stick in my bedroom on the TV with Voice View, which is fabulous. So loving that. Now well, maybe um, finally
2: you'll watch C on Apple TV.
1: Might have a go at it, yeah. <laughs> working <laughs> my way through everything else. There's so many shows. Oh, I know. So much um, good stuff. Okay, so uh, let's move on to Windows 10 because uh, Sean, this week for us, has been working on a feature about this. Uh, Sean, take it away. I knew I was in trouble when I got this message. Hi, Sean. Uh, Listen, we need a feature on Windows 10, if you can. Uh, Just two things. Don't make it too long, and don't make it too boring.
3: Thanks, Stephen. How can it not be boring? We're talking about installing an operating system. It's hardly sexy, is it? It's boring by its very nature. (sighs) Still, I'll try my best. So what I'm going to do today is show you how to get Windows 10 and create some installation media so you can install it on any PC. You'll need a computer, obviously, with an internet connection, and a USB pen drive with at least 8 gig capacity. And I can tell that half of you are already bored, but don't worry, stick with me, this is important, and I am going to spice it up a little bit. Okay, let's jump into it. I'm so- Okie dokie, so the first thing we need to do is download the Media Creation Tool. This little bit of software from Microsoft will download the very latest version of Windows 10 and from that create a bootable USB pen drive or DVD or ISO image, whatever that is, from which you can install Windows 10 onto another PC. Easy! Okay. so open up your favourite web browser and search for Media Creation Tool Download.
0: Media creation tool. Download Google search. Google
3: Chrome. Now, when you're downloading any software, one thing to be cautious of is actually where you're downloading it from. You don't want to download software from any old website. So in this case, as I go through the Google search results, I'm also going to check the URL. Make sure it's from Microsoft.com. So let's go through the search results and see what the first one is.
0: Main landmark clickable Windows 10 media creation tool, Microsoft heading level 3 link.
3: There we go, that sounds right. But as I said before, never trust what it says. So uh, just above the heading is the URL, so we know exactly where we're getting it from. So I'm just going to press the arrow up key.
0: Link graphic HTTPS slash slash go.microsoft.com slash go.microsoft.com full link.
3: Web addresses are so complicated, aren't they? But the important thing is that it's from Microsoft.com, not M1Crosoft.com or ThisIsReallyAVirus.com. This sounds right. So I'm going to hit enter on this.
0: Downloading 18.4 megabytes. Media create download complete.
3: Wow, that was quick, and it was a direct download. We didn't have to go to the website itself, which is even better. So there you go. Now we've got the media creation tool downloaded let's start it up okay so let's open the downloads folder to find the file to do this i'm going to press the windows key and the letter e together to bring up file explorer then just navigate around until you find downloads and press enter once you're there just press the letter m to jump directly to the media creation tool file hit enter to run it secure desktop And the first thing you'll get is the account control pop-up box. That's hard to say. Pop-up box asking you if you really want to run this program. Press Alt-Y for yes, or if you're using Windows 7, Alt-R for run. And then you'll get this. Getting a few things ready. What's it getting ready? I have no idea, but just let it do its thing, and then eventually you will get the standard license agreement terms and conditions that everybody obviously reads. So just hit Alt-A to accept those and carry on. Getting a few things ready. Again! Anyway, eventually, it doesn't take that long, you will get the first interesting or important screen.
0: Dialogue, what do you want to do? Upgrade this PC Now radio button checked. Create installation media, USB flash drive, DVD, or ISO file for another PC radio button checked.
3: Ooh, now it's getting interesting. Well, kind of. You've got two choices here. Upgrade this PC or create the installation media. If you just want to install Windows 10 on the PC you're currently using right now, you can just choose Upgrade this PC. And it will go off, download the latest version of Windows 10, and instead of burning it to a pen drive or a DVD, it will install it straight away. Which is great, but I would always recommend that you just create installation media. The reason I say this is because if you do experience any problems while you are trying to install Windows 10, and it fails, it's far easier if you've got a copy on a pen drive or a DVD that you can just throw back into the computer and run the setup again, then running the media creation tool every time, which will always download a new copy of Windows 10, which, depending on your connection speed, can take a while, and it's annoying. Anywho, whichever one you want to use, use the up and down arrow keys to choose. Now, I'm going to create installation media, so I'm going to arrow down and hit enter.
0: Dialogue select language, architecture, and edition please select from one of the available options to continue. Use the recommended options for this PC checkbox checked.
3: Ugh, this screen is just annoying to navigate around using a screen reader, I'll be honest. Not inaccessible or anything, just annoying. It's so wordy. So, this is where you choose what language and what version of Windows ten you want to install. Thirty-two bit, sixty-four bit, or both. As you may have heard, the Use Recommended Settings was selected by default, which is fine, but I would say go through and double check what it has recommended, because on a few occasions, it's chosen a totally random language for me, which is no good if I just proceeded with the installation. So just hit Space to unselect Use Recommended Settings, then just tab through and double check each option. If you're unsure, then just go with the recommended settings. Just make sure the language is right. When you're done, hit Next, and on the following screen, you'll be asked what sort of installation media you want to create. Now, because most of us haven't had a DVD drive on our computers since 2010, the only options I've got here are...
0: USB flash drive. It needs to be at least 8GB radio button checked. Or... ISO file. You'll need to burn the ISO file to a DVD later radio button checked.
3: I'm assuming that if you do have a DVD writer on your computer, then you will have that option available as well, burn directly to a DVD. And if you don't know what an ISO file is, don't worry about it. Honestly, you don't need to know. Most of us are going to use a USB pen drive, which is what I've got here. I've just got a generic no-name 16GB pen drive, which I've plugged into the USB port. Now, you don't have to use a 16GB. As you heard, you can use an 8GB pen drive. The reason I use the 16 gig version is that I like to add my screen reading software and various voices onto the pendrive as well. That way, any time I install Windows 10, I don't have to muck around trying to download my screen reader again. I can just install it from the pendrive. Easy! Anyway, use the arrow keys to choose which one you want. Again, I'm going to use pendrive, then hit next
0: dialog select the USB flash drive the files on your USB drive will be deleted. To keep these files back them up now to another safe location. Refresh drive list button.
3: Okay we're nearly done so this is where we tell it which pen drive we want it to use and yes do bear in mind that anything that's already on that pen drive will be wiped during this process so make sure that's okay. And with that, I always remove any external USB hard drives or whatever else I've got connected and only have the pen drive I want to use plugged into my computer. That way, I can't make a mistake and wipe a drive I didn't mean to. Hit Tab and then use the arrow keys to select the pen drive you want to use.
0: Tree view. D, no label, 1 of 1, level 1.
3: Then hit Enter.
0: Dialogue downloading Windows 10, feel free to keep using your PC. Progress, 0%. Progress, 1%. Progress,
3: 2%. And that's it. We're off. It's downloading Windows 10 and then it will copy the files over to your USB pen drive. Depending on your internet connection speed and the speed of your computer, this can take a while. So, put the kettle on, have a cup of tea, and we'll come back in 20 minutes.
0: 98%. Progress, 99%. Progress, 100%. Dialog. Your USB flash drive is ready. Your USB flash drive is ready. D button.
3: And that's it. We're done. And we now have a pen drive which we can use to install the latest version of Windows 10 on any computer. If you're running Windows 7 and you want to update to Windows 10, just plug in the pen drive, open it up, and run the setup program.
0: Dialog Install Windows 10 Windows Setup will go online to get updates, drivers, and optional features. These updates will help the installation go smoothly.
3: Whoa, 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 wait, wait. We can't have too much excitement. I think we'll save the actual installation process for another time. But I did promise that I would spice things up a little bit, so let's end with a big finish.
1: Genius. Okay, thanks, Sean, I think. Uh, okay, uh, well, there you go. Now you know a bit more about Windows 10. Maybe you'll make the switch
2: now. Yeah, oh, maybe. Windows. You know, I'm looking here at NapBot, and it says I slept for about seven minutes or so. <laughs> and when I woke up, thankfully I woke up at the right time because... You suggested to have a 16-gig uh, thumb drive there, pin drive, so that you could add your screen reader and voices. So I'm glad I woke up when I did because that was a really good suggestion. That was a good Thank suggestion. You, Tim. I'll give you that one. Thank you. Uh,
1: right, look, uh, let's move on because we've got emails. And uh, to help us with the emails, uh, Mark's joined us very briefly. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Okay, let's get into some of the emails, Mark, if you don't mind. Uh, what have
4: we got first? Aaron Linson writes, Hey, Double Tap Canada team. I'd like to point out the argument of JAWS being expensive is no longer valid. People can get annual license of JAWS for one, three, or five-year pricing. It's much cheaper to pay for JAWS this way than asking VR to pay and have to purchase an SMA down the road. Thoughts?
1: Well, um, I've got to say that's fine if you live in the U.S., um, but it's not so good for anybody else. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, in the U.K. they don't have this. I don't know if it's available in Canada. I think it might be available in Canada through this system. I know it was U.S. only to start, Tim. Do you know any more on that?
2: You know what, Stephen? To be very honest, I don't know. I do have this. I do pay the, I think it's $99 a year to have this. And Aaron's right. This is a fantastic deal. I, I know it was U.S. only, like you said in the beginning. It's got to be in Canada by now. I I would have to believe. But uh, if anybody out there knows, you know, if our listeners know, let us know that because I'm not honestly sure.
1: Okay, let's get another email. And this one actually ties into our conversation about Windows 10 from last week's show. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from from, uh, this guy on
4: on this. Uh, But Mark, uh, let's go through this email uh, that we've, we've got in. This comes from Brian Gaff. Now the problem is there's really no easy way to use newsgroups and mail on an integrated client for Windows 10, made like Outlook Express, which is completely accessible and works with IMAP and POP3. This has been made to work on Windows 7, and I would think work on Windows 10. So since Microsoft Update is putting essentially a new version of Windows out every six months, this means taking off my client and its emails and registry entries, doing the update, then putting them all back. Quite a pain. Add to that our talking newspaper uses bespoke software, which is no longer maintained, and also part of Office 2002, which won't even run. I think it's a shame that Microsoft has also stopped updates to Microsoft Essentials as well. However, having said all that, I do have four XP machines here used as servers for music and other stuff, and I use several free anti-malware standalones and have never seen anything dodgy come down. Maybe if I'm just careful, but if you read all of the exploits being found in later systems and software, it makes you kind of wonder which is safer. I think the time to change as with XP is when Dropbox won't use Windows 7 anymore, and that would be an issue for me. They've not said anything as of yet, and it took them some years to do it for XP. Hopefully, they'll announce the decision long before then. Our non-computer literate volunteers may walk if too much changes, or we can't do things if they've always been done, so to speak. Brian.
1: Okay, interesting thoughts there. Obviously, all around Windows 7, and whether or not it should be remaining. Brian, obviously, keen to keep Windows 7. I, I understand this, I do, because there are lots of things like you know the news groups and everything else that he wants to be able to keep, and you know this constant cycle, this constant level of updates. I've noticed that even from hardware perspectives. Like I work in studios that have had, you know, sound cards knocked out because of Microsoft updates. It's a pain. It's a nuisance. Uh, and yeah. when you're blind, it's equally, or or it's not equally, it's even more annoying. <laughs> yes. um, you know, because of all the challenges that, that we've got to face and and figure out and sort. And actually, when I mean, your sound cards taken away when you're blind, that's quite that's annoying. It. Yes, because that means basically you don't have a computer anymore. <laughs> right. um, will will people walk away from Windows though? That's an interesting one. I don't know about that. I, I think people probably will uh, will have to make the the switch. Um, but what I what I think we can say from our own experience is, you know, the switch is worth it in the end. It is so important to have, make sure your computer is safe and secure. Uh, and whilst Brian, you not you might not be getting any malware down the line right now. We're very early days. We're only weeks, for even weeks after the decision to to stop support.
3: Well, Brian was making the point that he's got four XP machines there, even older than Windows 7. Um, And they're not being affected by any viruses or malware that he knows. They may be part of a botnet Mm -hmm. that's uh, doing DOS services, for all you know there, Brian. But let's assume they're not. Um, If... You know, for a computer that's used every day for things like emails and browsing the web, then there's real issues there if you're not getting security updates. Um yes, you can run a standalone antivirus or malware malware program to help you. With what was that? that. An, a malware program. Okay. Which is fine. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not very well. So we're nearly that... out of time. Look, what I'm saying is I totally understand you're an organization that's got a workflow that works for you and people are used to. That's great. But you're using old software, which is no longer maintained. You're using operating systems, which are no longer supported or get any updates. If any of that falls over and stops working at any time, that's it. Workflow down to zero. So you're definitely at the point where you need to start at least planning where you're going to go next. What software are you going to use to replace that old software? How are you going to get people used to the new operating system? You know, you need to start thinking about where you're going next. There you go.
1: Yeah, this uh, is starting to sound very much like a conversation I had with my wife the other day. She's keen to upgrade as well. Uh, hopefully it's not me. Uh, Tim and Sean, thanks so much for being with us. We'll catch you again next week, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Flalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
2: Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favourite podcast provider.